Rutgers legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Brad Wilson. And today's guest on the show is Matt Waxman, who is back for a very special round two. He's a WSOP bracelet winner, WPT champ, and founder of the insanely addictive and innovative video game-like poker format, Poker Rhythm. And if you're one of the sad souls who missed Matt and I's round one conversation, I would highly suggest you go back and listen to it because it was an all-time classic. I dare say our round two that you're about to listen to lives up and perhaps even exceeds the original. In today's show, you're going to learn about the hilarious time Matt, Jason Mercier, who is one of the greatest poker players to ever live, Chris Ferguson, and a bunch of other high-level pros spent their evening throwing hundreds of playing cards at a banana, stories about the late, great WSOP bracelet winner and WPT champion Gavin Smith, the one thing Matt wishes he would have never done a single time in his poker career, and much, much more. So without any further ado, once again, I bring to you world-class storyteller, legendary poker pro, and founder of PokerRhythm.com, Matt Waxman. Matt, welcome back, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's it's my pleasure. I think we we skipped some some questions in the first round when you know you got so wrapped up in your journey. Like it just uh, seemed like you were having so much fun reminiscing about the good old days. Yeah, I, I sure was. Hopefully uh, the listeners didn't get too bored of me by now. I'm positive that they did it because, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was great, right? Like there was no, there was no reason to go, go off that path back onto the script because like it was just such a, it's the stuff that I live for, right? Like uh, hearing about the journey, the experiences coming up, breaking through all that stuff is like, that's the whole point of this show, in my opinion. Yeah. I, sometimes I wish I just like recorded everything I've ever done for like the last 10 years. Cause like I get reminded like over like some random dinner of like some crazy thing that we did, like in the poker world, like just some stupid prop that we made or one night where we just get ourselves into something like insane. And like, I can't even just like, you can't pull them like out of your memory. Right. But, uh, there's been some good stuff. Well, so Let's go back off script. You you just dangled something right in front of me. Like, what's a what's a fun prop bet that you've been a part of? Oh man, I don't know. I, I can think of like one, one like real like for me when I was first coming onto the scene. I got I got literally one story that that really just sticks out. I don't know. I'm maybe like 26 years old, and. Uh, do you remember the World Series of Poker video with Chris Ferguson where he's like throwing cards and cutting a banana? I do. I do. 
And like that was more incredible to me than this guy winning the like the the World Series main event and stuff like that. Like I I was just like, how is he throwing this card across the room and cutting a banana? Like it was, it, it was, was like, like the old nuts segment, right? Like on the the old WSOP. Yeah, they would always just have some funky feature, and you'd see him just throwing these cards and like cutting. And I was just like, that's incredible. And like I, I was still like a huge poker fan. Now I'm withered. Now like I don't care. I, I, I know most, most of the guys that play, and I don't get that excited for tournaments as I used to. Like I get excited for like a day three or day four, but like I, I'm just like, I couldn't tell you who's won the main event over the last ten years. Like I, I have no idea. I, I that's very sad coming from somebody who's so immersed in the poker world. But like, at some point, I, I stopped watching it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. I'm not as as awestruck as I used to be about the whole poker scene, but but at this time, I was like a young guy, and I just started really just. Um, I was on my tear, like I was winning all these events. I recently became really good friends with uh, Jason Mercier, who's a, a Floridian, amazing, one of the best poker players of all time, maybe, and he's just a young guy, right? Um, yeah, I would love to have him on this show. By the way, he's like he, he's one of my one of my dreams. Good luck. <laughs> He's a tough one to, to wrangle up. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I made good friends with him cause I borrowed, like, he just lent me like a lot of money at the PCA one year. And I just, I literally like, right when I got home, I just tracked him down. I'm like, here's your money. Thank you. Cause like, I don't, I don't like owing people. Right. Uh, and then like, we just became really good friends, I guess. Cause he realized that I the type of person that just doesn't there's so many people in poker where you, you got to like chase them down to get money that you lent them as a favor. Like it's pretty annoying anyways. So I, I'm in, we're in London, right? Uh, this is my first time in Europe where we're in London. Jason, uh, is, is, uh, he's got a room at the, at the Mayfair hotel. I think it was called like a suite with a couple other poker guys, Felipe Ramos. That's where I met Felipe Ramos. Who's a, who's a captain of the solvers for poker rhythm. And we're still really good friends to this day. This was probably like 10 years ago, uh, maybe more, maybe like 11 years ago, 12 years. And I just came on the scene. Like I won my F tops main, like I got a roll. I'm like, I'm hungry now. I, w- I want to play all the big events. Right. But I'm like, still kind of like in all of like the big poker guys. Right. So uh, I met Phil Helmuth that trip. And then I don't remember, I don't even remember how this happened. Okay. I just remember like what we were doing, but like then Chris Ferguson was in the, in the mix. And we're all just like, and, and there was probably like 10 of us. There's probably like 10 poker players all, all just, just hanging out, maybe, maybe having a couple of drinks. And I think I remember just asking Ferguson, like, uh, dude, that's insane that you can like cut a banana. This is before everyone hated <laughs> Ferguson, by the way. Like yeah, pre, pre-2011. I, yeah, Jesus now. And, and I don't my, know. I, I don't know what to think about that, just for the record. Me um, neither, actually. I was going to say, like, I, I don't know if that that hate is placed in the right direction he, for him specifically, but we're, this is going to be another tangent. We can come back to the, the Chris we'll Ferguson. Back. He doesn't seem like a malicious human. Like, the guy doesn't seem greedy either. Like, he or he just, he has all the money, and he's driving, like, a Corolla or something. Like, he's not, like, I don't know. He doesn't seem like a thief. I don't know. I don't know the guy that well, right? The there are a lot of people who are still beloved in poker that were – Big and full tilt, like on all the commercials. Well, yeah. I mean, some people did the right thing, right? Like, you know, some people like gave all, like didn't, some people like gave all their money back or I don't even know. I don't get in. I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) Back to the the hotel room. We're in London. 
uh, I remember asking Ferguson, I'm like, dude, you could do that. That's insane. And then the next thing you know, I don't know, we all had like bets and we had like 20 decks of cards because uh, we get all the free cards. Like when you go to these stuff, they, they, like that's what they give you. They give you a deck of cards. And they're nice cards, like Copags, chem cards. Like we had nice cards. And I think there was like this like metal statue or something that we had like a banana opened on the stat because nobody wants to hold the banana while you're trying to cut it. <laughs> yeah, of course not. And we're like, Chris, let's see it. And like, he's literally, I'm about to disappoint a lot of people. He's literally this close to the banana when he's throwing it. And I'm like, no. How, how far is that? You got to, it's audio. All right, sorry, sorry. That's right. This is audio. A foot away. He's like, not even. He's, he's literally going right into the thing and trying to throw a card through it. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, and the whole thing was a camera angle on World Series. Like when World Series did it, they had that angle. So it looks like he's like 10 feet away. He's right next to the freaking banana. And I was just like, well, okay, that's a disappointment. But what got funny after that is we now had like 20 decks of cards and like literally like we're like, oh, so this guy isn't even that hot shit. Like we could throw <laughs> And we're all betting like 500 euros like or, or something. <laughs> There's side bets going. Who knows how, how much side bets like. Other people, Merce probably had like a ton of side bets. And we're all trying to like be the first one to cut through this banana with the cards while we're just like drinking. And, and like, we're like in a line, like you got to go in line and you just get a try. We at least threw the cards like at least 10 times each. Like, and we, no one cut the banana, you know? So like, that just goes to show you like on TV, it's not what you think, right? Like it's, it's never, it's never like as glorious as, or as accurate as it, they say it, or the production, like all this stuff. You know, but it was kind of funny. Like Phil Helmuth is in there, Ferguson's in there, like all these like poker. Like we're we're trying to like cut a banana with cards. And like in Europe, my first time in my life, I'm like a young kid that's just starting to play like these really big tournaments. And like it was definitely like a fun experience, you know. And 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 there's just been like a lot of nights where we've just gambled on like really stupid stuff. But we always thought there was a skill edge. Like there'd be some sort of like athletic component to it, some sort of like mental trick. Like no one's just going to blindly just fire away money. Like they all think that they can beat the other one. Right. It's like part of the fun. Yeah. that That's how you get a bet. Right. You have two people that both think they're right. And then you, you go to prove yeah. it. Exactly. So, yeah. So nobody cut the banana though. No, eventually someone did. I forget who won. I don't know. It was, it wasn't Ferguson. I'll tell you that much. He did not win the money. He, he, uh, did, it, he couldn't it, cut it from a foot away. I mean, like people were getting the card in the banana, right? And it would stick in the banana. But like the, the bet was you had to chop the thing, right? So the first person to like just chop the, the banana off, right? Like everyone was like getting cards to like stick in it and like stuff like that. Like that happened a bunch. Some people were just completely whipping. Um, <laughs> From a foot away. I know I didn't win. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I, I feel like my whole it. life is a lie. Like when I think of Chris Ferguson, I, I think of that that banana. Like it now... Now what do I have? I, you didn't I even remember what we were talking about. Get out no, of here. I remember the nuts segments. Come on. Get out of here, Matt. Um, I mean, it was a fun segment. You know, they had a lot of good stuff there. Like yeah. it, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't poker, but it was all like pretty entertaining. Yeah, it was a silliness. Um, I mean, obviously cutting a banana with a card is pretty silly just in and of itself, right? <laughs> and going back to the full tilt thing and the blame being placed, on, a, a lot of it on Ferguson. I feel real bad for the guy, to be honest with you. Like I feel bad that he's like, he's basically a pariah now. Like people just give him shit everywhere, everywhere that he goes. And like, I guess what are your thoughts on that? 
Uh, I can't, I mean, I can't comment. I, I don't have enough information and I'm not going to form an opinion without enough information. Like, I think that people are so quick to just like pull the trigger, especially on these social medias. Um, and I don't have proof. I don't know what exactly happened. I'm sure he had some negligence to it. Uh, oh, but, for sure. That, but, that, that, I, but I, that's, but, but we're poker players. Like I'm running my own business and, and the amount of negligence that I have alone is like insane. So like, I, I could kind of understand, like, I'm not, I'm not predatory. I never want, I always want what's best for people. Like, I think I would have spoken up and like been more adamant to like fix this. If, if I were him, I don't know, but I don't know. He, yeah. he I played a, a Raz pot with Ferguson at, at the world series after he already kind of went through the gutter, um, in the poker world. And he like called me down with the King and just like hit perfect, perfect, perfect three times in a row in a spot he should have never been in. Uh, and I tried to bluff the river and he made a crying call and I lost a big ras pot to him. So I'm, I, I kinda, I kinda hate him for that. That's, but. that's a good point. <laughs> I wasn't working with this data point before <laughs> I formed my opinion. That's what I got. That's what my opinion is about. It's not about his full tilt stuff. I'm sure, you know, I don't know if I had to guess, you know, based on everybody being disappointed in him. Um, I, 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 I would lean towards him, him, having some foul play involved but uh i'm just not gonna form an opinion i'm not gonna waste energy yeah you know resenting someone for stuff i don't know so i was just curious um, about your opinion since you know you you've had some face-to-face and interactions with ferguson yeah he's he's like yeah he's he's a he's more introverted of a guy you know um seems very intelligent super respectful and nice and you know i guess a kind way to put this would be like practical you know very practical human uh, not, not impressed by like fancy stuff, you know, like the guys wearing a pair of the same pair of jeans for 20 years. I mean, I don't know, but like, that's that kind of guy, right? Like he's not, he, he has millions upon millions upon millions of dollars and, uh, he's not spending it on like cars, yeah. right. Or, or like just something material. So I, I kind of respect that to be honest with you. Uh, but you got to spend some money. Like you got to spend it on experiences. You got to spend it on something, right? Like it's, it's good to, you know, that's why we're here, it. right? We're, we're living life where everything's, everything's yeah. consumable. Everything's an experience. I would say though, yeah. that, you know, traveling around the world, playing cards, betting on whether or not you can throw a card through a banana. Those are, those are some pretty fun experiences just in and of themselves. I'm sure he thought he had a huge edge and that's why he was in there. Right. But like, it was, yeah. <laughs> It was, he had it built was up time. the hype. The hype was so high for him, you know. <laughs> yeah, like we're like, like, oh, Chris has to be. He might have been laying odds, actually. To be honest with you, he might have been like laying like three to one against people, saying, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do it first. You know, like I, I think that he actually was in hindsight. Where's the video of this? My God, I would kill to have a video of Ferguson one foot away from the banana, just not able to go through it over and over and over again. Like the be- the best part was like all the cards everywhere in the room, like all <laughs> over the floor. There was just poker cards all over the floors. And like eventually we ran out and we would all just like be gathering up like these cards. So that we had like our own little like pile of like that we're going to be like throwing, trying to take our chance to throw through the freaking banana. And it was uh, that, that might that might have been like one of the silly, sillier uh, prop bets I remember, but uh, yeah, good times. Good times. Good good times. times. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how diligently you're working towards improving your poker game today. So this question may not be relevant, or over the last few years, because I know that poker rhythm's been major project that you've been undertaking. But 
went back in the day or even recently, what, what is your process for regularly improving your game look like? Yeah, well, it was nowhere near what like some of the more successful players today have. I've always been more of like a, to myself person, like making my own strategy. And I, I think that's helped me like be less exploitable because you don't really know what the hell I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> but I also would talk with like some really great players um, that would be like hammering these fundamentals into my head, which were never like my strong suit. But I am still like very math based, right? Like, even though I'm not like the generic strategy that's just circulating online at the time, like I'm very math based of a player. So like, I understand the odds and I'll create my own strategy revolving around that, which sometimes might not be a very good strategy, you know? And I mean, I, I definitely think that I've like played some of the most polarized hands in, in respect to like amazingly well-played hands and just completely terribly played hands. You know, like there's a lot of players that are just always going to play their hand good, right? Like they just show up and they're always like making the money and they're just like playing each hand good. They're not giving away anything. And then me, like I'm on the bubble and I'm just like blasting off like with no pair. Uh, and I'm like bubbling a tournament when I was like top five in chips because I just went within my instinct or some stupid thing like that. You know, like I'll, I'll always, uh, <laughs> I'll always find myself in those situations. I mean, so, yeah. the reality is, that, you know, the reality of poker is like, however we play, it's just a model, right? It's just like our model for making decisions in specific scenarios. And like, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And I think that that's a lot of the the problem as it relates to like poker training is like, everybody thinks that we need to play like one way. There's one set way that is GTO for like the best decisions in all the spots. And like, that's just not the case, right? Like, it's just not the yeah. case. Like you'll, you'll get a lot of those guys that like would like back in my day, two plus two was like a huge thing. Like everybody would get better on two plus two because they talk strategy. They've learned concepts with each other and they would basically just like be like a little, like, like a club of, of poker strategists. Right. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Like, and you guys are right to be honest with you. Like this is very sound strategy and like, you're very good at poker, but you all play exactly the same. So like, I can just read a couple of these you know, I, I can just read some stuff like this and, and yeah, you're not, they're not exploitable, so to speak, but like, you're, you're kind of just going to know what they're, what they're up to. And it's much easier to play against those types of people that are all just kind of like going by the book. Yeah. I, I did an experiment that was kind of funny, maybe like last month. I, I didn't really talk about it, but I just decided like, what, what happens if I'm playing like 200 no limit online and just never raise preflop ever? never three bet, never open, just limp under the gun, but like still use um, a model of like the hands that I'm limping with. Because like in my sick brain, the one thing that I thought was like, well, if I limp under the gun with, if I never raise anything ever, then like I kind of always have all the over pairs in my range, right? Like (laughs) it's kind of like a a weird little thing. And what I learned, what I learned was like, regs didn't perform very well versus limps from early position because especially versus somebody that had a defined strategy for how what they were going to do like post-flop and make good post-flop decisions typically it's just like oh guy limps under the gun they're just likely a fish so i iso it we take a flop i'm in position and then i'm just gonna capture a ton of ev so like 
when they face a lot of check raises, when they face a lot of like kind of funky um, donk leads on specific board types, they kind of had to figure things out on the fly, which mm-hmm. whenever you make people figure things out on the fly, they don't have a set plan for right. a situation. They're, they're just going to fall apart. Like their strategy is just not going to be that strong. They're going to have to adjust. And, and that's such a big part of being a great poker player is you need to learn how to adjust for all the situations. And for a long time, there was no limping, like no good players. Like, it, like I, I started limping in live tournaments because it's a great strategy when, when you have a very aggressive player on your left to like have a, a limping range with a, with a, with a solid uh, range of back raises that consist of your big hands and like some, some other hands in there. Right. So you're balanced. Um, and there's like many reasons that you can, that you can limp. Uh, it's like one extra tool you have at the table. Um, and I started doing it and I remember like the regs would be like some, some regs that I'm friends with. They're like, is that a limp? Like, like, and like, yeah, like, I'm sorry you didn't read about this on your message boards, but like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is something that I, that I like to do in my game. Uh, but now like, it's much more common and there's like some great players. Uh, and I'm not saying that like, I was the only person doing this at the time. Like, obviously like there's pl- plenty of people thinking that like that, but like, it just, it's just kind of funny, like getting scoffed at by like some, some like, you know, plus money, money player who, who, who makes money playing poker, but isn't like crushing because he's just like playing by the book. He like, he's, his strategy is really sound, but he's not like, uh, he's not the guy that's going to be able to like adapt and like think on the fly and create new strategies and like really exploit his opponents. You know, he's more so just the guy that's just never going to make a huge mistake. There's a lot of room for creativity in this game. Like there's a lot of room for curiosity and creativity. And you could, you could get lucky and and rip off some huge start. You could have a huge career in poker, just playing solid poker and getting lucky in the right spots, going, you know, making the right moves, like playing good, having that knack just for like understanding where people are at and not being afraid to to go for it. Right. Um, But I, I truly believe like the best players, the players that I least like to be at a table with, are the ones that kind of have their own strategy. You know, the ones that I don't really know what they're thinking as much. Like that's, that's much harder to play against for me. So, um, well, yeah, because like everybody knows every, every winning player knows like how to play the button versus a cutoff open. Right. Like that's just built in. It's just repetition, repetition, repetition. But then like you, you throw some curveballs in there and things can get kind of weird and then people get out of their comfort zone and then, yeah, then it's just a battle of, you know, yeah. wits really. Yep, absolutely. It's a it's a very intricate game. You know, there's it's it's very far from solved even though a lot of people think it seem to think it is. Uh I love I love poker, man. It's and you get I get sick of it when I'm playing nonstop, but I haven't been playing at all lately. I've just been building this website. I've been building a poker platform. I've been trying to make a place where people could play competitive poker for free and have a league that pays professionals to play poker. So that's been my mission. And it's kind of been like, you know, it's been, it's been some grunt work, you know, it's been like a lot of like boring stuff, like building a business learn. And and then it's really making me realize how great I had it when I got to play professional poker, travel around the world, uh, just hang out with my friend. Every dinner I get to like, see like a bunch of friends that I've known for years through poker. And we get to just catch up on life, you know, like, my big responsibility, I always say this, is is like booking a, pl- a a plane flight. You know, like, oh man, I got to book a, a flight to Atlantic City tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I, got, I I can't go out tonight. You know, like, it's, no, it's just like, 
I don't know. That was like the responsibility that he had as a poker player. And I miss it. You know, I want to get back in there. I want to start studying though. I want to like, start like, I got friends that have been like crunching some serious strategy. I see how much better they're getting. They're all offering to talk some, some poker with me. And uh, I want to just get, I want to get like, to be like a awesome poker player again and just go play these. Like, hopefully we can, we get live poker back sooner than later. Right. And I just want to go crush these tournaments. You know, I'm like excited for it. Yeah. You, you sound exactly like somebody that's trying to run a business in the poker space. <laughs> this is, these are the exact thoughts that I have all the time. Um, yeah. You know, like trying to design courses and, you know, engage in private coaching and all these things and sell and promote and build a podcast and build a brand. And then like, you know, I've got like my student, right. My, my superstar private student who like rips off a 50 K cash game win in January, like just last month. And he's only been playing poker like seven months. And I'm just like, fuck, I want to be back in the arena. Like I yeah. wish I, I yearn for the days where it was like, yeah, let's wake up, let's hit the gym, let's meditate. And then let's go into the arena and just battle. And then when I'm done, I'm done. I have no responsibilities, no emails, um, no back and forths anywhere, no sales page creation, no podcast to release. And I just, you know, go to my couch and read like that just so appealing to me today. Yeah. If you're a poker player out there listening to this and that's what you're doing and you're a little bummed out because you might've got unlucky or you didn't win a tournament or, you know, you're in a, in a slump, just know this getting to be a professional poker player and do that for a living and just like be that being your source of income is such a privilege. Absolutely. Um, So enjoy it. And uh, it's so, it's so hard. Like it it takes, it takes deprivation to really like be able to get a healthy perspective. Right. Cause we just take everything for granted and um, it's just so easy to forget how good we have it. Uh, because we're like upset about a few other things not going our way, right? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Like I, 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 on my schedule every week is like just 10 hours, 10 hours of playing one KNL on ignition, just 10 hours a week. I just want to play 10 hours a week. And like, I can't make it. I get to like four or five hours. And like, when I do play, it's like on the back end of like six hours straight of podcast interviews and research. And like, I'm not in the right mindset I, i'm like just well, worn down i'm like mm. let me ask you this for your podcast and research stuff do you need maximum brain potential for that do you need like your top thinking ability yeah i think so you i do. enjoy okay. it i, I want to be engaged with you guys like i, I want to be engaged in the conversation you know and ask the right questions but yeah that's true because some things you could kind of do on auto like i have things that i could just kind of do like without needing to really be like my best self but when you're at a, ta- a poker table, like you got to be thinking as best as possible. So I was going to make a recommendation to you <laughs> to maybe play it at the beginning of your day before you like waste all that good brain energy, right? Yeah, that's the problem is like the the bigger cash games um, don't always run during like uh, 9 a.m. Okay. realm. There's typically later on in the day. But yeah, you're you're right. And I would do that if, if that were that were the option. But like I've always been a high intensity player anyway. So if I'm playing online cash, it's like three or four hours max. And I'm like totally spent at the end of my session. And the podcast is the same. Like I'm just, maybe I'm just like a high intensity person (laughs) that like whenever I do something, I'm fully there. And then when I'm done, I'm totally drained. Yeah. I feel that I'm I'm definitely drained after the stream. 
oh god streams are another level of drain like that's streams public for speaking me. man public speaking is, is exhausting you know it, it is it, it's another level like whenever i've streamed poker i'm like playing the tables and i'm interacting at the same time holy shit like i'm i'm literally just done whenever that stream ends i don't know how i don't know how the kids do it for like 10 hours a day five days a week like that is they love it next level for me they love it jason tell me about presence why did you think presence was the missing weapon in the arsenal of poker players so everyone's a mindset champion when they're running great right but when you're getting crushed day after day and you haven't booked a win in forever and the confidence just gone and you're trying to do this thing that you read about in a book or someone told you about being logical and being happy that the money went in good when all you really want to do is cry and hit something at the same time. Like, how are you supposed to be logical in that moment? But that's the only moment when you really need it. What you need in that moment isn't mindset. You've already read all the mindset books and you already know what you're supposed to think and what you're supposed to do. What you actually need in that moment is presence. Presence is the ability to connect the dots between who you want to be and how you can actually be that person when you need it most. So let's cut to the chase, right? Like, how do you do it? How do you stay more present when you're at the poker table? Well, you get there by first deciding that you want more, right? That you want to grow your intuition, that you want to create more flow in your life, and that you want to reach your full potential as a player and as a person. And once you get there, you can start trying out some of the exercises and practices that I've put together. If it feels good, if you're enjoying it, you can keep going. Right? And if you keep going long enough, eventually you'll find that you're just playing at really high levels, that you feel good with low stress, and you're enjoying your experience a lot more, not just at the table, but away from it as well. I personally would love to have as much presence as I possibly can in my day-to-day life. And if you, the listener, right now wants to add some presence to your game, visit PokerWithPresence.com. Join Jason Sue's email newsletter and then schedule a free consult with the master of presence himself. One more time, that's pokerwithpresence.com. Could you, could you tell me a, a poker lesson that you've learned from a dark teacher, which could be a bad experience, just something that went wrong that taught you a very valuable lesson? I mean, yeah, like... I don't know if I have a specific person, but don't stake people. <laughs> like, don't just don't do it. Uh, I've staked friends. Uh, I've staked amazing poker players. And they're just, if someone needs to get staked, they, you probably shouldn't stake them. Like, unless they're like a friend and you understand their situation and you know their character really well, and you get to talk hands with them nonstop to like make sure their strategy is up to point. Staking is just such a bad idea. And yeah, I'm probably going to hurt the poker ecosystem if like people listen to me and they don't get as much people into tournaments. But like, that's a dark teacher, man. Like people just don't care about their word. They don't care about like the money that they, like I, I, I okay, here's one. I had uh, this kid I was friendly with, you know, younger kid, like a chess genius, this kid. So you think, okay, good kid. You know, like he's not a scumbag, right? Uh, and he played a, a bounty tournament, right? And I staked him for it. I just bought, I bought him in. I had a lot of cash at the time. I bought him into a 1500 and he got three bounties or something like that. I don't know. He, long story short, 
this guy cashed the tournament, made money, and he owed he's owed me seven hundred and fifty dollars, which is like not really that big of a an amount compared to some people, but like he's owed me seven hundred and fifty dollars for ten years. And like just you know, like just has no intention to pay it back. And it might be because he's just busto. Um but like, yeah, like there's just so many, there's so, it's so easy for like people, like I could never scum someone out of money. Right. Cause like, I'm, I'm going to hunt you down. I'm going to pay you. I don't, if I owe someone money, um, I don't feel good. Yeah. Like I don't feel good about it. Like I, I I'm not comfortable. I want to just pay. Cause I know it's not mine. You know, I want to, I want to be even right. But I have people that have just, I'm never going to see the money and it, it's just super frustrating. Like, you just got to say no, even if they're like a really good friend of yours, like just say no. Like I have people I've made prop bets with that have, that have passed away and never paid me like that kind of shit. Like, well, I only, I can only think of one to be honest with you, not like people, but like, um, and like, it's just like, you, you should, you should just be very cautious with that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, staking people, lending out money. Like you got to think about your, the re- the return on investment as well as like you got to incorporate the fact that they might just not pay you. Sure. Like I was on, I was on day five of the main event going into day four of the main event or something, having dinner with like one of my really good friends that I was hanging out with all the time. And we're both cashing for like 20 K or more or something like that. And uh, he goes, we're getting sta- a couple of steaks. I back when I used to eat, eat meat and, 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 and he just goes, yo, can I get uh, can I borrow 300 bucks from you? Cause I don't, I don't have any money right now. It's all in the main. Like I, I just need some money to spend. Right. He ended up going way deeper than me cashing for like a hundred grand. I still haven't gotten paid that $300 to this day. I've asked him a few times and he's just like, yeah, I'm broke. Like, like this is what happens in poker. Like just people like, so like, yeah, I mean, just like, yeah, you might feel like shitty saying no to people, but just, just say no. Like, like there's a few people in poker I would lend money to. Um, but like, that's it. I mean, I could, I could, I could count them on one hand. Yeah. You know? Like I, you're not the first person who's talked about staking people just being awful and how much money they've burned staking other people. Like I, I had a situation where I was in a home game and the guy running the game started drinking and went on tilt. We were playing PLO and it was like, it started out like a two, five PLO and we were doing like a quarter straddle. And then all of a sudden, like me and him, like he's going into the chip box and like rebuying because he like gets stacked. And then, you know, him and I play this 12K pot or something near the end of the night. And, you know, he's got like aces with a flush draw and I fade it and get all the chips. And um, he's like, hey, you know, and, and he's running a game like three days a week, right? Like, and multiple tables. And it was like hell on earth getting paid for yeah. that for that session. It was like, I had to track him down. He gave me a car for part of it like so basically gave me a car at like some value that took six months to sell and never got that value that that it was valued at and i'm pretty sure he still owes me like 1500 um and this was this is probably six or seven years ago right but it's like yeah even even people that like you know they're good for it that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to going to pay yeah no even people like i've had relationships go in the shitter over not paying them not paying like like i don't why why do i want to i don't want to see this person's face if they literally owed me money like and just don't want to pay me back like you know and they're slow paying and it's just like it's you're just getting free rolled if you're like a good person right because like 
like I told you, like when I borrowed money from my friend, uh, and that's how I became good friends with them. I borrowed like 15 grand from them to play a 25 K at the PCA like 10 years ago. And like, right when I got home to Florida, I had his number. I texted him, you home? And I like just went to my box at the bank, gave him the money. And he just goes, this is the fastest anyone's ever paid me back before ever, <laughs> you know, but like, if you're that type of person, uh, cause there are a lot of people like that. They just don't like holding on to money. That's not theirs. There's tons of people like that, but they're usually not the people that need money. Right. So like, if you're just that type of person, you're just going to get free rolled because there's so many people that are just going to pick you off. And, and what you said too, is like, whenever you've got to have somebody on a short leash and like, you're asking them to explain like the hands that they played and like, are you still playing well, all this stuff, like there's energy that's being spent and time and like, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Like who, who needs yeah. that? Right. Yeah. It's frustrating. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just disrespectful and inconsiderate and, and, and yeah, just don't do it. Just, just save yourself the frustration. Don't lend them money. If they don't like you because you don't lend them money, then they're not your friend anyways. You yeah. know, there it's you that go. simple. Um, yeah. So we'll move on to happier, happier, happier <laughs> times or more uplifting stories. I, yeah. You know, you, you Great mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned uh, Gavin Smith in our last conversation. You have any Gavin, Gavin Smith stories about that, years that you'd like to share because i was gonna i was gonna ask you that last time and we just kind of like passed over it <laughs> oh gavin smith I, I mean i wasn't that close with gavin right um i've hung out with him a bunch of times but i wasn't like super close with him the last time i saw him was actually at the tournament of champions uh that i ended up winning at the wpt and he just came and sat with me yeah i mean gavin was just like you, you know okay so like i'll give gavin a compliment you know he's got some of the greatest character of anyone you've ever met. And and the way you can tell that is uh, by the way that he treats people that can't do anything for him. Right. Like you would, you'd be buying in and Gavin would just be like chumming it up with like a janitor or something. Like, like he, he would just like, he didn't care who you were. He, he would be happy to talk with you and just like, you know, he, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be like striking up conversations. He would enjoy conversations with just random people just to do it. He wouldn't do it like because he wanted something from somebody. And there's so many people like that that are very predatory. Another person like that, uh, rest in peace, was, was Mike Sexton. You know, Th- these are just people that were just like naturally just like social humans that would just like be genuinely interested in someone uh, regardless of who they were. You know, and, that, and that's such a special trait. You know, those are the type of people that like make the world like a much better place. So like uh, that's a great thing about Gavin. Another very impressive thing about Gavin was I've never, I don't know if I said this or not. I've never seen somebody with the ability to just sleep sitting in a chair, like just sitting upright in it. Gavin would just be drunk, drunk as could be. And we were, uh, we were hanging out at a, uh, Florida, Florida local Mike Beasley's house. Uh, I remember during a tournament series and we were just, we were just, kicking it with a bunch of other poker guys uh, and Gavin would just be like, would just be like wasted. And then just, like the next thing, you know, you just look over at him. He's like this, just like sitting up, upright in a chair, just like passed out drunk. Like, it was, yeah, he was a, he was a fun guy, you know, definitely, definitely uh, a gambler, but yeah, life short, man. Enjoy it. 
For sure. And I think too, like the people that chat people up with an agenda, it's pretty clear like that they have an agenda. You know what I mean? Like if somebody's yeah. only talking to people that they can get something from, like I feel like they're very transparent. Maybe it's well, you know what I hate? Like and and just I, I feel like I've kind of become like less affluent. Maybe that's the word. I don't know, less of a of a big deal. I kind of like in, influential, maybe, maybe influential. Um, I've seen my a lot of my relationships in poker kind of thin out a little bit, right? People don't. I don't have the same reception from people that I used to have. Maybe because I'm not just like playing every tournament and successful. I don't know. Or maybe we just like grew apart, right? Um, which is okay, no problem. But like one thing that like definitely strikes my nerves is like you'll like be at a at a tournament table right and you'll see like some reg some person you know and they're like literally like big time in the shit at a at a like some guy that's just like happy to be there right they're like just like oh, yeah, blah, 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 like that kind of thing <laughs> nice impression um, <laughs> <laughs> but but no they'll, they'll you know like somebody will like talk about a hand with them and they're just like yeah yeah whatever that kind of thing. And then like some rich fish will sit down at the table and like start unragging their chips and they're just all smiles. Right. And they're just like all like buddy, buddy with this person, like trying to act all like friendly. Like when you know, this is some guy that plays poker for fun. He's got like a hundred million and he's, he's owned some big company, whatever it is. Right. They want to get in a cat and you just see them like really start kissing ass. And it's just like, it just like kind of, I don't know. I'll kind of be an asshole to everybody. Right. Like, I, 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 I I'm not going to change my, <laughs> or I'll be nice to everybody too, but like, I'm not going to like, just, I'm not going to treat someone differently based on, on, um, their status. With, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll treat someone differently based on if I think they're a good person. You know, if I think they're a person that I'd like to have around, like, like if I think that they're a, a kind human, like funny or, or, or whatever is like intelligent, I could learn something from like, yeah, sure. I'll be more inclined to like, want to be friends with that type of person. But like, I just see like some of these, like some people, uh, obviously I'm not even thinking of anyone in particular, but like, you, you'll see it and they'll just like start really like buttering up like the fish that sits down at the table. And it just like, and you just think to yourself, like, man, I don't know if I ever want to be like that successful guy. Cause I won't even be able to figure out who my friends are. Right. It's like, shameless. It's kind of, right. Like I, it, I think it, it, it's just yeah. shameless. Yeah, it's kind. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of uh, it's kind of scary that the world works like that. But unfortunately, it's just very common where people will kiss up to the people that that they know they can get something from. Yeah, I, I, it's it's sad to me that that's. And to that's be honest with you, like I'm I, I'm sure I, I I'm guilty of this, right? Like I'm sure that like I, that you know unbiasedly, I've probably done this too. I try not to but I'm, I'm, I'm sure I have. Right. So like, I don't know. It's, it's just, maybe it's just human nature. I think the rule is, the rule is Matt, just be cool to everybody. Right. Like just just be cool to people in general, you know, just be a nice person, be pleasant to be around and don't be shitty to people. Like that's, that's pretty much all it is. Yeah. I'll try to be respectful to people. You know, I'll try to make people feel like, welcome regardless of of their status you know yeah if somebody's annoying then they're just annoying like then i just don't engage with them right but that's like (laughs) i at least have a data point to work with i'm not just gonna like outright dismiss a human being 
for no other reason other than I don't know they have a hundred billion dollars, right? Like I want to be jokey and laughing and have a good time with all the people that I play poker with. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting like dynamic for sure. I guess it just comes down to like, what's important to you, right? Yeah. Ultimately friendships, relationships, and like from a non-predatory sense, like playing high state cash, the people that you're playing against, like they're all successful in life. Like people that have enough disposable income to play high, play high stakes cash, like have experiences and wisdom and like jokes. And like, it's just, they're cool people to interact with, like all of them for the most part, like unless they're just a dick, in which case I don't interact yeah. with them for very long, but like, yeah, just to ignore but somebody is silly. There's definitely some of the most interesting people in the poker world that love poker. Like there's so many interesting humans, good humans too. Uh, but I, to your point uh, or to your comment that you just said, some people that show up as like just complete curmudgeons, like very like non-fun to be around when you get to like actually know them, they're some of the like best people out there, like the most integrity, uh, just like really, really good people but they just don't care about that first impression they're, they're not you know you got to break through that shell because i've learned that a lot like a lot of these people that just show up as like this like grouch this person that like you do not want to have around like when you get to know them like they're some of like the the most like reliable accountable generous like humans that you've ever met give me an example know? oh jeez come on man Put you on the spot. You, you can't you can't give an example of somebody that's that's way better than like their initial impression in poker. Well, I don't, that's a good, wanna, good trait I, to have, right? I don't want to say somebody has like a bad, a bad initial impression. You know, I don't want to <laughs> throw them under the bus like that. They're probably um, aware that they don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. They're probably aware that that's, that's the first impression. That's yeah, okay. A, lot, a lot of the quiet guys that like are, aren't into like the, like the small, like, formalities i don't know what's the word i'm looking for like the small stuff like the small talk like the just buttering people up like i don't know i've noticed that like a lot of those people are like my kind of people like they're real you know yeah i like that i mean and like that's a i think that's a different story than like just being a dick to people like outright just being hostile and treating people like shit you know like that's, well, that's just yeah people that do that just are not happy with their own life so that's it's sad right it's definitely it sad to see Ultimately, that. how people react outwardly is just a reflection of how they feel on the inside. So yeah. for sure. Imagine there's a, a carbon copy of young Matt who's just getting in the game of poker. <laughs> you could sit down with this kid for a couple of hours, give him some advice. What would that advice be? I mean, it would. I would have two different possible paths of advice. Mm-hmm. But maybe they're both wrong. Maybe I did it right. I don't know. Uh, one thing I could say is just like strike while the iron's hot. You know, like poker is so good right now. Go play those big games. Just play in the big high stakes cash games. Well, that'd be play like every- today, though. You're meeting them today in this time. You're not going oh, back. I'm, in I'm time. meeting them today in this time. Yeah. Oh, go to school, you idiot. You know, be be a be a. I, I wanted to be a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist, not a psychiatrist, a psychologist, the one that doesn't prescribe uh, chemicals. I am fascinated with the human mind. I'm fascinated with human behavior and social interactions. Even though I'm not like the most socially 
uh, equipped human for like just navigating those big seas. But like, um, I, I love just human behavior. I love figuring out why people do what the things they do, which, which might help my poker game. Right. Uh, just like understanding better. Uh, and I, I was a psychology major when I graduated, uh, from college. So, and a business minor. So like, if I, if I wasn't a psychologist, I would have went into like industrial organization where you would come up with like trends and like, think of how, um, maybe even like marketing type of stuff. Right. Which now I don't know anything about. And I wish I, I did because I'm trying to market my game, right? But, um, but yeah, I would what's say. What's stopping you? What's stopping you from going back to school? Being a well, I'm thirty. I'm 36 years old, right? Um, my, I, I just feel like I, I'm still considering it, to be honest with you. But right now, I have a business. Um, I cannot. I literally can't juggle anything more. Uh, I can't even play poker right now because I'm just like my hands are full of trying to prove out this concept that for a business, trying to prove that, you know, you can play team poker. You can play poker without gambling. Like, and this is the most entertaining form of poker that I've ever seen. And I'm trying to prove that to the world. I'm trying to share that with the world. So like I, my hands are tied. Um, I feel you. But, but I, I definitely have already inquired with like some of my old college friends that, you know, went on to get like their PhDs and stuff like that. And been like, yo, how much, how much time would it take me if I wanted to just like start practicing as a psychologist? And I, I think the answer is around like four years, four more years, maybe six, but like, that's just too much, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I, I don't, I don't think it's for me, but there are like some routes that I could take where I could, uh, I could practice something like that um, for only a few more years, but school is tough. Like, yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of work and and nobody wants to learn that stuff, right? Like you you just have to learn these like facts. Like school should I hate education. I hate the whole educational system. Uh it, you should figure out what people are interested in, what they're good at and let them really just dedicate more time to that rather than just making people cram like these stupid facts and testing their memories so that they could uh write it out on a test that they're going to forget a few weeks later. Like no one's actually getting smarter. Like no, they're, it's, not gain, it, it's they're, they're not getting jail. experience. It's jail for kids so that the parents can go to work. Like, yeah, when I was a kid, I wanted to run around outside. I wanted to like see nature. I wanted to like, you know, like I, I'm interested by all these things and you could learn like hands on, right? Like that's how you should be learning. You shouldn't be learning by like reading books. Like people, some people don't like to read, you know, like I can retain a ton of information watching like a video but if you tell me to read a page, I'm going to like start reading that page. And then halfway through, I'm going to be daydreaming about something else that happened in the day. And then I'll just be like reading for like 15 minutes. And I'll be like, wait, I wasn't paying attention to anything I was reading. I was just doing the words while I was thinking about something else. And that's how my brain works. Right. So like, that's something that I'm fascinated in just with how people like absorb information. Right. And we're all different. You know, they say there's three ways you could learn. You can read, you can see, or like hear, uh, or you can do right? There's like three types of ways. And for me, doing is, is the most effective because then I like can feel the whole experience. Like I can remember it. I can see it better. Like that's, that's the way I can, I can learn. And I've I think I've instructed the same. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, I've done a lot of like self-reflection over the years. And to be honest with you, like the most important thing in life, the, the meaning of life uh, is to learn everything. Like to learn everything you can, learn everything that interests you. Like, be, don't waste it. 
you know, um, there's just so much there's so you can never learn it all. Right. But you can learn a lot. And, and the more that you learn, the more you're going to perceive and the more full your experiences are going to be. Um, if you have that and then furthermore, you can then pass that knowledge on to other people, uh, who will pass that knowledge on to other people. And it's like, it's exponential, right? If, if you could just like absorb, like if you could become smarter, make your circle smarter, like enhance their lives, like that's amazing. That's what's so great about life. It's just all the information out there. And a lot of people are just sick of learning. They'd rather just like sit at home and like absorb content, which you could, you could learn from watching videos and it's fun. Like that's cool. But like, you're not really going to like understand as much, you know? So I, I just think that like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a wasted opportunity if you're not really trying your best to just like absorb as much as you possibly can. So I cut, you kind of hit on something uh, kind of big that matters to me. And I, I have a question to ask you that is not on script and just a question that I asked myself like a year ago and thought it was a pretty fun thought exercise. But as it relates to psychology, I mean, this is I'm my passion as well. Like, why do people do the things they do? Why do people like, why does somebody learn poker and somebody else not? Like, what's the difference? What's stopping somebody? For, like, it, it's just so interesting how the human mind works um, from person to person that it's like just this exercise of curiosity that like, I, I just love it. Like, and if I could, if I had the, you know, six or seven years to give, to psychology, that's where I would go. If I had to do it over again and it wasn't poker, that's the area that I would dive into because I just think it's just fascinating. And it's, it's just an amazing understanding of the human experience and like what's going on um, with, with everybody, right? Like what's going on there? But the, the question that I want to ask you is I just imagine that you have a thousand years, right? Instead of this 80 years. What a dream. 80? Well, we t- oh, 80 Whatever. more. Okay, 80 more. Got <laughs> 80 it. more. However long you plan on living, right? <laughs> it's not going to be a 1,000. I, I, well, I'm pretty confident in that. Uh, technology, um, man. You don't know. Okay, go ahead. We never know yet. We might be those like uh, Futurama floating heads like in the liquid at some point. Bicentennial, man. You know, like you <laughs> just replace all your organs with like machines and eventually like you're just preserving your brain long enough so that you can – There you go. Know. Go ahead. Um, well, let's, imagine you have a thousand years. Like, what would you spend your time on? What would be the areas that, like, you'd be most excited to spend large chunks of that thousand years doing? Ooh, um, gee, I don't know. Um, in these thousand years, what are my physical capabilities? Am I going to still be able to? You're good. You're strong the whole way. Wow. I mean, if I had that much time, hmm. I would do everything. I can't, I can't focus on one thing. Uh, that's one of my, my problems. It's hard. It's okay. hard. Let's I'm say a hundred years. Of things. You, got 100 years. you got a hundred years. You got a hundred years, hundred year blocks. Like what would be, what would you most be excited about exploring? Like in these chunks of time? I don't know. I love like, the thing I find very fascinating is like the science of food. Like if you, if you cook, for example, like it's all, it's eat, You'd be in like in, in, in high school and you'd be like that kid that's like, well, what, how am I going to use this in the real world, right? I would always ask that. And the teachers would never have an answer, but I could literally answer that for everyone right now. Like I could be like, yeah, I can tell you how all this stuff is applicable to the real world. 
but like chemistry, right? Like it's all chemistry, right? So, so like, uh, you know, you, you can soften the food up, you can flavor it. Like, I don't know. Cooking, I think is very interesting. I couldn't focus on one thing. I, I can never, I, I want to learn everything. Right. Um, I love art. Okay. I think art, like this is, this is something I've changed my opinion on completely in, in its, in, in regards to value over the last, um, decade or so. I used to be like, well, there's no place for art. Art is just fun. And it's, it doesn't have a place, uh, in the development of humanity, um, so to speak. But, but if you think about it, 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 I can't think of anything that has a better place um, because art is literally the last uh, frontier of something that humans can do better than a machine uh, expression, right? Cause that is humanity, right? Your expression. So it's, it's like an emotional expression, right? Like we, we, yeah, well, exactly emotion. That's what, that's what the AI doesn't have. Uh, they, they can calculate everything faster than us. They could come up with logic better than us. Uh, they're able at suppressing their emotions because they don't have them uh, so they can make the right decision continuously. Uh, They're energy wise. They're more efficient. Uh, They don't need to eat food. They just need a power source. Uh, So like machines are incredible. They're making our lives so much easier. But now that we have these machines, everyone's losing jobs because we can get the things that a hundred people we used to need uh, for, for doing something now done with one machine. It's more cost efficient. It's everything is better about it. Right. Um, but art, like you can't, you can't do art because you can't, a, a human can't relate to the art of a machine as, as well as it could relate to the art of another person. What, when you look at an artist's uh, work, um, you can see a part of yourself in it. You can make your own opinion about it, uh, which might not be anything to do with the artist, um, but it's, it's magical. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm referring more to a painting right now, but even like uh, dancing or like singing, like hearing uh, someone sing, um, or like creating a movie, creating content, creating something that like hits you that like this conversation feel. right now, right? Like we're sure this conversation is art, right? Maybe people are, are enjoying our expressions bet- uh, with each other, but that's like something that's so special, um, which we're not going to be able to solve with a machine. And therefore, uh, that is the most untapped resource that we have remaining, uh, because eventually we're just going to have all this free time. Like we're going to solve all the problems problems humans are just going to be good as long as we don't kill each other like fighting over our limited resources with like water water is going to be the most valuable resource there is right like in soon but like yeah like it's art art is going to be what's valuable like that's going to be what we do our with our time like it, that's our interactions with each other our, our we're going to have we have even now we have so much more time for art than than people used to have back in the days before machines or technology like you'd be like spending your whole life like tending your crops for farms or like doing like your work that took you so much longer and now we have like 3d printing machines that can like get that stuff done immediately like watching like the exponential growth of our technology and like how it changes the world is like extremely scary you know for one but it's also like amazing like like look at look at social media right um so we're able to now connect like if they wanted to a million people could connect with me on Twitter and we could follow each other and we could discuss ideas. We could share videos of stuff that happened and we don't need a news station to broadcast that. Right. So that mass people can see it. Like we have this connection. Right. But then you go a step further and it's like now all these like platforms are able to actually push what they want you to see. They're allowed to use an algorithm to 
like make your brain absorb this. So you think you're doing your thinking, but in reality, they're kind of pushing what, what you, you, they want you to think. Or what you think you want to think, right? Like you yeah, follow yeah. people that it's just like an echo chamber. And they, yeah, they might see you engage with a post uh, for like five minutes of uh, somebody dancing to like a song or like maybe like a, a cat video, right? And they're like, oh, well, they like cat videos. Okay, let's give them ads with cat videos. And now that's going to show up in your ads, right? I've had conversations with people and then literally pull up Instagram and like, we'll, we'll be talking about like Tulum or something like that. Just something random. Right. And then, and I've never been to Tulum, but like, it might come up like, Oh, have you been to Tulum? No, I've been to Tulum, blah, blah, blah. My friend's in Tulum. Pull up Instagram and it just shows you a hotel booking in Tulum. And it's like, what? Yeah. What's what just on? happened? Yeah. I was, talk- take- I-, yeah. I was talking to my brother-in-law one time about monopoly strategy, right? I- we were talking about like the most valuable property in monopoly. And I was telling him that it's the orange ones. And I went on Instagram. I didn't look it up because I like I knew because I had looked it up like a year ago or whatever because like I'm a nerd and it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play Monopoly. Like, <laughs> what's my strategy with for Monopoly? But like the next day in a verbal conversation, I saw an ad that had something to do with like Monopoly strategy. And I was yeah. just like, what the fuck just happened to me? I swear the microphones are listening. Uh, they have to, to be. I didn't to what look you say. they yeah. have to be. It's kind of crazy. It is. No one's like actually like personally like spying on you, but it's all just going into a, a database and they're just collecting stuff on you. And yeah, it goes into the algorithm and it just, I don't mind. I don't really mind. I'm not that worried about it. Like it's not like they're taking over my soul, but like it is kind of crazy that they're literally going to be able to tailor like ads to me that like are going to be the most effective towards me of anyone. Yeah. I think I ultimately like I'm not going to buy it and I, I don't need like I don't I'm not going to buy something I don't need but like it's and, and I'm going to get to see the stuff that I'm most likely to need so it's like kind of awesome you know I'm not really that worried about it but like it is kind of scary to think yeah. because there is there isn't the most transparency about it with people you know a lot of people don't realize they're just like they don't realize that they're actually the the cattle getting rounded up right now by these these algorithms right like it's it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, technology is just so incredible. And, and going back to the point before I got off on all these tangents, like art, like human expression, imperfection, right? That's, that's the last thing we got. That's what's going to make, make us so special, right? That's, that, that's, what, that's the one thing that we have that we can't solve with a machine. And someone's going to be like, oh, well, I, machine, machines make art. They do this. They do that. It's, yeah, they do. But they don't have that imperfection. They don't, they're not inspired by human emotion which is why they're not um, as appealing to, to at least me personally. Right. So I, I just think, so, so to answer your question, the, your main question, uh, if I had time to spend on anything for a hundred years, I would, I would be focused on expression. I would be okay. focused on human expression. Yeah. I'm not going to ask about the other 900 because we'll, we'll be here forever. <laughs> it, it'll I be thought, so I hard. Thought we changed it. I thought we changed it to, Oh, we just changed it to a hundred. Okay. We changed it to a yeah. hundred. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's scary. Like I read somewhere that every social media platform has like 5,000 data points on all the people. Like they just know, they know us better than we know ourselves, which is, which is concerning. I'm waiting for the days where like Facebook just buys the rights to like NFL games and just has individualized ads sent at very specific people. So it's like t- higher targeted direct ads at, at their audience like i'm waiting for that to happen i i know that something like that's going to happen well twitch twitch owns nfl games well twitch can show some nfl games 
Like mm-hmm. I think Thursday night, uh, and that's owned by Amazon, right? So uh, yeah, you could watch them online, and they have their own ads, right? That that go into that. So we're, we're, I don't know if we're quite as sophisticated as you're as you're um, suggesting, but we're 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 on the way. Right? No, I'm saying it's going to happen. Like it, it's yeah. it's going to happen one day. I was thinking about my kids, right? Like there's a documentary called like the last blockbuster. And I was just thinking about like how my life personally has changed, how the world has changed since I was a kid. Like I was telling my wife, like I was six, just running around my neighborhood, like had no, my mom just assumed I would come back home at some point. Like I didn't even have a watch. I didn't know what time it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, thinking about blockbuster and how much I enjoy going to blockbuster and like just what's going to change and be eliminated over the next 15 years. And like, you know, I think, gas stations are going to be a thing of the past. I think that like, yeah, our, our world is just evolving. And I, what, what, what ultimately is sad, the thing that gets forgotten about is that like, as these things get removed, like pieces of our identity also get removed and we kind of find ourselves like trying to play catch up and make sense of this brand new world that, that we're living in. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You know, you, you definitely like look at kids these days uh, they're two years old and they're grabbing, reaching for cell phones. They're just stared at a screen. Uh, a lot of them, at least. Uh, and when we were, when I was two years old, I was playing with GI Joes or something, right? Like, or I don't know, running around outside in the grass. Like that was. So it, I think that it's losing. Like a lot of that stuff is losing its appeal for for some some kids, and and it's it's different. Uh, it's definitely like part of our evolution, I guess. Right. Um, but no putting the genie back in the bottle now. Yeah. I don't know. I I think that if I have kids, um, I'll probably be more inclined to like give them a lot of time outside with nature, connecting with life forms that aren't like them. Right. Like, well, I think, yeah, I think human beings, so we're drawn to that stuff anyway. Like we just, you know, you can, a lot of people are just like, just, they're just, a screen like a lot of these kids are just staring at screens that's what they want to do zombies yeah yeah and uh and you'll see people like walking around like a national park like getting dragged around by the parents with like a head in their phone or something you know like like just not even when you got like sequoia trees and like whatever Uh, it is you know like just uh, this amazing marvel is like that you don't get to really see in your everyday life and people would just rather be like looking at content that they could be looking at anytime, anywhere, five in the morning when there's no sunlight. And I don't and, know that they're, you know? I don't know that they necessarily like want to, but like it's a stacked deck as it relates to, you know, the way that these things are programmed, you know, like it, it, they're, they're designed to capture as much attention, human attention as possible because that's the commodity of the world. That's, that's yeah. what monetizes everything. And so like anything they can do to get you to be on your phone for, you know, five extra minutes, they're going to do it. They're going to pay somebody millions of dollars to figure out how to do it. And so like, when you're talking about an immature human being that's doesn't, you know, has horrible impulse control, like those things are just magnets. Like you, you just have to physically take them away from, you know, from the child or the teenager, the young adult so that they can experience the world. But like, yeah, there's nothing. My wife and I went to Yosemite a couple of years back and like, spent 10 days there with family. And I mean, it's just the most gorgeous, peaceful place that like, 
I've ever been. And we went to Monterey and it was like, man, like I could just stand here like all day with like nothing. Like this is my peace and happiness, my perfect place in the world. Yeah. It's amazing. It's such a, it's so, it's so good for the soul. Just so good for everything. I mean, everyone's different, but like when, when I'm stressed out and I get in nature, like it's just a reset. It's just such a calming experience. Like just realizing like, all right, yeah, you don't have to worry about all this busy stuff, all these screens, all this stimulus. Like, look, this is just the world. It's just peaceful. Like nothing's going on. Like just relax, you know? And it's such a, it's such a healthy thing to do. My favorite times in the world are just somewhere in nature with a bunch of friends no cell phones, just hanging out, you know, just the best shooting the shit, getting, the getting high or drunk at night around a fire and just swapping stories, whatever, just, uh, yep. connecting in, in nature with our fellow man. That, that to me is my definition of joy and happiness. Look, I totally get it. You feel like being a lone wolf in your poker journey has hamstrung your ability to realize your full potential. So I'm about to give you a golden opportunity to plug into a supportive tribe that will be the poker family you've always wished you had. How much money would you give for one hour of interactive group coaching led by myself, Coach Thomas, and occasionally past guests of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast? For now, and this will absolutely change at some point in the near future, the price of admission to the Live Poker Power Hour is 100% free. All you've got to do to get your invite is head to ChasingPokerGreatness.com and hop on the VIP newsletter. No more excuses, no more procrastination. It's time to take action and put yourself in position to turn your poker dreams into reality. I hope to see that beautiful face of yours in just a couple of days. Moving on, we, that was quite the quite the tangent that that unexpected question took us took us uh, quite the winding path it took us down. What but, was the question uh, again? No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, thousand years. We got nine hundred more years to go. Maybe like oh, we'll do nine rounds of these podcasts talking about how how you spend <laughs> the, the hundred years. But I, I noticed that you you I may have to throw this question out, but if you could gift poker players a book to read and maybe not even a book to read right maybe an experience that you feel would resonate with them add value fulfillment to their lives what would it be um i don't know a lot of the books i read were um older styled books right i'm not really too up to date with some of the more the new No, no 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 not poker it could be anything this is just like oh. life. This is all all inclusive, and it's just a, an experience to learn. It, it could be a book, or you could just direct people to like do something that's just good for their soul. Oh shoot! Yeah, that's your. Um, I don't know. One of the one of the best things I ever did was uh, I went to Thailand for like eleven weeks, almost three months. And I spent one of those months getting certified as a yoga instructor. I don't plan to teach it. I just want to learn it for myself. Right. But I would go to classes, right. Uh, as like my form of exercise. Cause I, I'm less concerned with like taking supplements and being big. Like I just want to be comfortable. You know, I want to be flexible. I want to be, uh, I want my mind to be good. Right. Uh, and, and I was just super stressed building this business. So I just said, I got to get away. 
I went to Australia for a month and then I went to Thailand. Uh, I got certified for open water dives and scuba diving. Amazing, by the way, the diving in Thailand was incredible. Uh, and then I, and then I went to a yoga, like an all inclusive, like you got a room, uh, they give you three meals a day and they just teach you how to, how to do yoga. And I made some of like some really great friends over there. Uh, I'm still, I still talk to them a lot. Um, and it's just like such a healthy tool, right. For your own like life, you know, like I, I, I don't need to a weight to exercise. I could just, I just need a floor. Right. Um, I know how to stretch. I know how to like, if my body's not feeling well, like I know like what position I can, I can do to, to make it feel better. Uh, I can, I can do that with people I love that, that might need help. Um, and, and most importantly, it helps me maintain balance with my own mind. And, and just for the record, I haven't even been practicing that much lately, uh, yoga, but it's just such a great tool to have. So I, I guess, uh, there's like a lot of stigmas around yoga that people are like turned off by it, but I, I think it's the best. It's like a kinesthetic workout. Um, it's so practical. It's so helpful in so many areas of your life. And, um, shoot, man, the best feeling I get these days. Well, I haven't gone in over a year cause of, cause of COVID stuff, but walking out of a hot yoga class, like that runner's high is runner's high that you have, but you're literally like, it's so hot in there and you just go out and you feel the cold air, you're sweating, you feel the lightest could be. And, uh, yeah, if you, if you told me 10 years ago that I would, I would be a certified yoga instructor, I would have said, you're full of shit. There's no way possibly like I play basketball, I play soccer, you know, I like golf, like, like I'll, maybe I'll, I'll lift a little bit, but like never in a million years would I been to yoga. The first time I even did yoga, uh, my friend, I was with my friend and his wife and they just had someone come over. They're like, you want to do yoga? I'm like, okay. I was like laughing the whole time at these awkward positions and like the instructor hated me. <laughs> and then like I, I tried it again a year later because i was dating a girl that that um she worked at lululemon and she's like I, I let's go to yoga i get free classes you want to go with me and i'm like yeah i'll go what do you want to let's do it i'm in i love yoga i do it all the time <laughs> you know and i would go with her and then you know after a while like i would be like let's go to yoga and she's like eh, no nah, i'm just gonna run today like she doesn't want to do and i'm like no no let's go to yoga like and i was like hooked you know so then you know as time progressed that one day i just said you know what let me I want to go to Thailand for a while, but I just want, I don't want to just sit on a beach. Like, let me like learn. So I got a scuba license, uh, and I, I got a yoga, a yoga license or certificate or whatever you want to call it. 300 hour certification is what it's called. Wow. Um, and yeah, it, and, and then right when I came home, I went to Vegas and I won the tournament of champions, right? Like I was playing against the best players in the, some of the best players in the world. And my mind was right. Even though I wasn't even thinking about poker, I had not played any poker at all, but I went, I went to Vegas a couple months later uh, and I just, I played, I, I was there. I was in, I was in, I was present. I was tapped in. My mind was right. When I got stressed out, I would know how to breathe to just like keep my cool. Um, and it was, it's a super useful tool for me. So yeah, that, I would say yoga. Yeah. That, that sounds amazing. And you, you don't, you don't know what you just did there, but, uh, the, the sponsor of this show is Jason Sue, um, who does poker with presence and like breathing and body position. Yeah. And yeah. being present is like his whole deal, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's so useful. Yeah, and, and and it just increases your life, like the value in your own life. Just like being able to just like more quickly realize when you're not comfortable, and knowing what you need to do to get there. Whether it's pranayama, which is like breathing techniques, um, or just some sort of like positioning, like it's just it's definitely just so valuable. 
it's invaluable, you know, and like some of the most like even keel, like content humans on the planet are yogis, right? There's also some complete douchebags that are yogis, right? Like that. <laughs> we're not saying like everyone that does yoga is like a good human, right? But like, it's just, it, I find it to be such a valuable tool. It works for me. You know, some, maybe CrossFit works for you. Maybe just playing sports works for you, but like, I don't know. I've, I've learned a lot. So I, I'm, I'm happy. I think the I'm lesson is lesson is test out different things and figure out what works for you. Even if you think it might be something that, even if you believe it's something that you don't like, or doesn't work for you, or you're that person that like is making fun of the poses, right. In the first yoga class, right. Like give, give it a chance because you never know, you never know the impact it could have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if you could wave a magic wand and change one thing about poker, what would it be? Oh, that's easy. Um, I would, I would make it into my show. (laughs) (laughs) I would make it a poker rhythm format where people can play professionally on poker teams. We'd have huge sponsors. We'd welcome anyone to play poker, not just people that are into gambling, but people that like mind games, like strategy games, like to use their brain, care about a ranking for this game. Yeah, we would have poker just get rid of that gambling stigma. I mean, look, that's going to be there, right? There's always going to be gambling in poker, but I would create a brand of poker like I'm trying to do um, where people are are happy to compete um, and they're happy to watch a really great show uh, with big sponsors and, um, and yeah, they could play for free, but it would be fun. Tell, tell me, tell me, Matt. So we spent a lot of time together on these, these podcast episodes and we haven't gone too in depth about poker rhythm. So <laughs> now's your time. Now's the time to shine, right? Like why should the listener go hop on poker rhythm, jump in there, play some games, mess around? Well, I mean, you should do it the same reason you do anything because it's fun, right? Uh, I'm not going to ask you for a favor. Uh, well, I, okay, I will ask you for a favor. Go sub <laughs> to our YouTube channel. <laughs> Give us a sub. Yo, Come let, hang out in the stream. Let me help you out uh, with the mar- marketing aspect of this gig. You've got to yeah. tell people exactly what to do. Like, you've got to tell them yeah. <laughs> and be hard. Sub to the YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash poker rhythm, P-O-K-E-R-I-T-H-M. All one word. Hit subscribe. It's completely free. Thank you very much in advance. Um, come sign up for an account. You can test out our beta testing. Ask me on social media about our Discord. You can get in our Discord group and you can play games with people before we release the official game. But this is a poker platform that I have been developing. I wrote an algorithm that is going to keep track of every single decision you make while you play with other people and give you a poker ranking in the world. So you're not going to waste any money playing, but you are going to play for a ranking. And after every single game that you play, you're going to see your ranking improve. And games don't take very long. If you want to try it out, it's 16 hands total. Uh, The blinds are big. The annies are big. Uh, The first half of the game is 100 big blinds. The second half of the game is 50 big blinds. And... You're going to have a legit poker ranking uh, after you play a big enough sample size. And what we're going to do is we're going to run a competition. We're going to reset our rankings and run a competition where the top eight players on our site are going to get drafted to play in a professional poker league. And they're going to get paid a professional poker player's contract 
to compete on one of our eight teams from our show, our live stream. And if you haven't seen our live stream, the same thing that you're subbing to on our YouTube, it streams on Twitch at 4 p.m. Eastern every single Tuesday. Uh, and this is a legit production. Like in my house in Vegas, we set up the downstairs. We made it into a studio. We put a four-handed poker table. We did duplicate team poker. So we ran four tables for every single match. The players on these teams get the exact same cards, and each team gets their chance at playing the same cards so that so the seats rotate, right? Team one gets aces uh, for hand two on one table. Team two gets those aces for hand three or for hand two on, on, on their table, right? Like, uh, And we give the same exact board cards, the same rivers, turns rivers, uh, and we reset the stacks every single hand and add the chips that you win or lose onto a scoreboard so that at the end of the match, we see what team has the highest score and we give you and we give those team points based on where they finish. I know it's a little confusing, but there's tons of content. Come hang out. It's really good poker. There's some great players in there. We got World Poker Tour winners. We got bracelet, multiple bracelet let's talk, winners. Let's talk names. Like who are the pros that have that have been on the YouTube channel, have been on the stream? Joe Cata played. He's been he he loved the concept. Uh Andrew Lichtenberger is a captain this year. Uh Lucky Chewy, one of the greatest no limit players ever. Uh, we had Kane Callis. The, he, at one time, he won the biggest pot uh, in televised history. He played a pot with Jason Kuhn that was like over a million bucks or something crazy like that. Kelly Minkins in there. Uh, who else we got? We got we had Scott Clements in there. We had um, Anton Vig, the Swedish pro, who's just literally been winning everything online lately. Uh, Felipe Ramos, arguably the most famous poker player from Brazil. He's he's a captain of a team. Um, we had, we had just, we had, most of them were just like my friends that wanted to play. Right. And there was 75 total players, I think over 150 million in total earnings from all my players. And, um, and it was a lot of fun. The best part of all was like at the end of it, the players are still talking about it. They can't wait for the next season. They all had fun doing it, which means that this concept works. Like people enjoy playing this. And the coolest thing about our whole entire concept is it's radically inclusive which means that if you're watching our show at home on YouTube and you want to, you want the path for you to one day be in the show, be a professional, prove that you're the best. You come jump on our, our platform online, you play. And uh, if you're one of the top ranked players, you get drafted and then you're in the next season of the show playing with the pros competing to show you're the best. Well, and that's something it? that I always wanted when I was a kid, like to, in poker, like I always just wanted to be playing against the best, but like there's no free play tournaments for you to just get there. Right. Like you can't play for free to just do that. But with this concept, you can, right? Like you don't need to win some money, get staked, win some F tops. And then the next thing you know, you're playing in the WPT main events. Like, no, you can just go on your computer. You can borrow someone else's computer. You don't even need to install an app. You just go to the website. That's all you got to do. You got to be on a website uh, and you have to have an email address and a password. That's it. And then you're going to get a ranking and you can, you can move up the rankings on the, on the site uh, you can use our algorithm, our poker algorithm, our poker rhythm uh, to rank you. And uh, and we, we provide that opportunity for anyone that's just starting out to, to come play. And it's also just fun. You don't need to be the best. Like, you don't need to, like, be trying to qualify. You can just have, play some fun poker, get a ranking, see how that, you do. That's a good pitch, man. So, seems like you've been thinking about it for the last four or five years. Yeah. <laughs> Go check it out. Uh, pokerrhythm.com, P O K E R I T H M.com, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
All right, man. It's been, you know, it's been great having you on the show. Uh, I guess parting, parting words will be once again, remind the audience where they can find you, your content, your discord, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, my discord, uh, I don't know how to link people to that, but, uh, I'll put it on the I'll put it on the show page so they can click through on the show page for sure. Oh, cool! Yeah, and if you want to jump in that Discord, it's going to have all the Poker Rhythm episodes up there, and in, in one of our channels, it's going to have a lot of the pros that played in the show or in our Discord too, and you'll be able to play in games. So we we're not marketing yet, so like, well, a little marketing, but we're not like live yet. We're still working out some bugs. We're still testing out the game. So if you want to come test it out, play sixteen hands of poker. It takes you about fifteen minutes. You can play in our Discord. Um, and just go in there and be like, Hey, anybody want to play a game? You need four people to play a game. And, uh, and yeah, you can see how the rankings work and you can start to find your rhythm, find your poker rhythm. I've battled myself. It was a lot of fun and very addictive. Um, maybe I have an addictive personality. I don't know. Like, (laughs) let's, let's fire it up. Let's keep, let's keep going guys. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was really fun and, like you said, 16 hands, it doesn't take very long for each, each game to wrap up. Yeah. It's not a huge time commitment, but if you do want to play like a long session and just run a bunch of games in a row, you can play 10 in a row, 20 in a row, whatever. You know, there was people that, uh, some of my pros during the the qualifiers, which was in, in January of 2019, actually. Um, some of them had zero matches played with like three days left and they, they got 50 in, in just a couple of days. So like, uh, if you want to get in a huge session, go for it. If you if you want to just try out one game, cool. Spend ten minutes, twelve minutes, and uh, you can finish one game. Perfect. But man. yeah, come hang out. You know, we're building a community. We're building a poker platform, and uh, we're looking for some support. So if you wanna you wanna jump in there, uh, we would we'd love to see you. Yeah, totally free. Play against some of the best players in the world in a team concept. Check it out. And brother, it's been great having you back on the show. We'll certainly be doing it again sometime in the near future. Maybe we'll break down the other 900 years at some point. (laughs) Um, But take care of yourself. Really grateful for your time and your energy. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, Brad, thanks for having me as usual. And uh, it it was a a fun talk. I I had a lot of fun. Same. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Chasing Poker Greatness. If you have yet to subscribe to the show, please take a second to do so on Apple Podcasts or wherever your favorite place to listen to podcasts may be. For more content from me, Coach Brad, please visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash enhance your edge, and I'll see you next time.